0: another very very special guest introduce yourself sir
1: hi it's me brendan small you know me from metal you know me from death clock home movies the show home movies and now galacticon
0: which is your second album i mean your second so my second
1: record from the galacticon world right yeah
0: what i'm sure you get asked this question a lot now on this press tour but what have you learned in between these two albums
1: um well the thing the big difference between the first galacticon and the, the first galacticon was kind of an ex- uh it was an excuse to do a little bit more melodic vocals in in a heavy kind of world. So I'm used to doing Death Clock stuff, you know, which is very heavy and brutal and there's brutal vocals and it's tuned down, but I like all that sound of the guitars. I just wanted to be able to throw some cool vocals in cuz I like heavy metal with vocals. I like Dio, I like Iron Maiden, I like Metallica. They're melodic vocals and all that stuff. Like it or not, there's a lot of melody in m- Metallica. And I mean Iron Maiden, it's all major key stuff, Run to the Hills, think about it. It's a very triumphant, huge Uh, major key chorus. So I like that kind of stuff. And what I found was, since I'm not doing Death Clock anymore, I can use either side of that coin if I want to. I can get as brutal as I want to, and I can get as melodic and grandiose and huge as I want to. Epic.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong. It's the same team...
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's the exact same team. I mean, when you boil it down, I'm Death Clock. I'm kind of, you know, I'm Squiskar. I'm Toki, I, I program the drums for Pickles, <laughs> I play the bass parts for Murderface. but when I do the live version, I bring in Gene Hoagland, who's an amazing drummer, who uh, is in Dark Angel, Death, Testament, uh, Strapping Young Lad, amongst many other things, um, and he is one of the world's finest drummers, and it's hard to find someone who's going to debate me on that, um, and Brian Beller, who's played with me on Death Clock, um, I've known him since I, I saw him first when I was 19 years old, playing with Dweezil Zappa um, and Mike Keneally, who is in part of the live Death Clock show as well. So those two guys were playing together. And they're, what I, all these guys that I'm talking about are, I would consider to be super musicians. Like, if there were superhero versions of musicians, these guys can do anything. Mm-hmm. I'm, the guy that I, I'm the guy that hires those guys because I'll probably drop my guitar at some point <laughs> and fall on my face on stage and, the, and will still sound really good. So that's why I have those guys.
0: For you, is there a... Like, could you pick one, say, you know, music or um, television, or yeah. if you got to do both? Oh,
1: you know, I like telling story and I like music, so mm-hmm. that's why that's what kind of got me into heavy metal in the first place, listening to King Diamond. Mm-hmm. You know, because he tells a long, sprawling story. I also love the Who. Mm-hmm. I love Tommy. I love a quick one while he's away. I like all this, this storytelling in music. I like Jesus Christ, Andrew Lloyd weber Um, I like Evita. I like all that stuff. And and, uh, so we're all, so even everybody, Gene and Brian, we're all fans of this storytelling, this big kind of huge thing where I'm using a lot of writing devices that I learned from taking writing classes and stuff, just act structures and character development and all that stuff. But I get to throw it all in and have music with it. And I know as a guy who makes TV shows that, I can save so many scenes with music. I can I can get I can get to the audience a little bit quicker with music than I can with dialogue or just simple directing. Mm-hmm. It's great when you can do it without music, but when you can add music and really seal the deal, it's even better.
0: And I mean, obviously, like the shows you've done have a rabid fan base, and I, I'm curious, like for example, like we had uh, Christian Narn from Game of Thrones here, and he's mm-hmm. a DJ, so okay, like yeah. half the people come to his shows who are Game of Thrones fans. Sure. as supposed to being DJ for you. What kind of like percentage?
1: Well, I'll tell you. I've been in New York all week, and I've been. I went out and played for some people at Saint Vitus at a metal club, oh, where right, I right, spoke right. and I did like a live podcast, and then I played a bunch of shreddy, crazy guitar to a bunch of tracks. And I met everyone afterwards. Mm-hmm. They all hung out and waited to meet me, and I got people that were Home Movies fans. I got people that were Metalocalypse fans. I got I got people who have been kind of with me for the last twenty years because I've been in this business, believe it or not, since I for, for almost twenty years, and they. The shows are very, very different, and that's the most fun I can have is to do things that feel really different from project to project. But they've been sticking with me for a long time, so I get both. It's really strange. I did a, a signing at Forbidden Planet yesterday where there was tons and tons of home movies people showed up.
0: How many are just fans of the music?
1: Um, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Some of them, some, I've I've gotten the thing where people are like, I don't really watch the show, but I got into the music. and I got. I, but I don't get the other thing where I watch the show and I don't listen to the music. I usually get... I get the idea, and a lot of people, Death Clock, Metalocalypse—that was their intro in, into the world of heavy metal, and that was something that I, I've learned a lot. That that's that was kind of what I was hoping would happen: is that I we, um, not everyone has a cool brother, an older sibling to introduce them to who Slayer is and who you know um, Anthrax or you know any of those bands are or class or Black Sabbath or any of that stuff. So sometimes you you need someone you need a TV show to be that big brother or that cool neighbor who shows you that stuff. And that's kind of what Metalocalypse was. It was the entry point for so many people. And I learned that. I was watching as we were touring live. I'd see the people wrapped up around the block, you know, lining up for the show. And I'd be in the tour bus and I'd go, okay, I see a Slayer shirt. I see a South Park shirt. I see a Gojira shirt. I see a Simpsons shirt. So um, I get it. Some of these people, this is your first metal show. So it was really interesting to, to put on a show that would keep them coming back for a decade.
0: Have you played St. Vitus before?
1: No, I'd never been there That's before. That's
0: going to be like a, a good thing. That's like a, kind of a
1: legendary space. Yeah, yeah. And the amount of time they've been there, it's, they've really built it into something incredibly cool. I uh, became very fast friends with the group of people there and uh, felt like I knew them for a long time. So it was really cool to be there.
0: And what I, So metal for me is like, I don't see any real kind of wayward fans. It's either you're in it or not. Yeah.
1: But, yeah, I mean, it's funny because a lot of people are like me and guitar players and because I'm also a hardcore guitar nerd. So, I mean, I, I just got off of a week of teaching guitar and doing my own like one week long immersive clinic that was like not it wasn't I wasn't joking around. I was teaching some That's serious. Amazing. I was cramming music school stuff into like a week, like a semester of Berklee College of Music. Into five days, and it was really cool to see that it was landing. These kids really cared about what I was teaching, and they could play. They could really play. So, I'm a music nerd. So, guys that like heavy metal, also, you're allowed to like other stuff. Mm. So, I know that when I mentioned, even on stage at Saint Vitus, I was talking about, look, I like, I like heavy metal, but I also like, I like Billy Joel. I, um, I enjoy. I enjoy ELO. I love the Beatles. I love Queen and you can hear that in, in sp- particularly this new record. There's a lot of kind of Queen influence, ELO, Jeff Lynne, Duran Duran. Yeah. Oh. I think about all that stuff. I thought I mean I thought about Soundgarden and Weezer and stuff like that for this record for moments. And then especially in Galacticon 1 as well. That was kind of that's kind of the the cool thing about Galacticon is that I get to pull from all my influences and I get to kind of bury my my tracks you know i get to kind of cover it up in some way and ultimately if i do my job right hopefully you get to hear a little bit of that stuff but it sounds like me first and then that stuff
0: so tell me about the um the album cover too because it to me, it's like it could be an alien,
1: or it's like yeah. Something. Do you have the album cover here? So, this is a character. So, this is the character from the first album. This, his name is Triton, and he actually shows up in the comic book we're doing too. So, I'm doing oh, a comic no. book. I'm doing a comic book with Eric Powell from the Goon, who you may know. Yeah. Um, and so, you can see that this is a version. It's almost our Zardoz kind of cover, where you can see that there's scale. You can see there's spaceships, and this is a floating like space station kind of concept mm-hmm. idea of the head. And on the back, that is an actual real wearable helmet that oh, my br- my brother. Who works in makeup effects? Jeff Small. He worked on like Hellboy. He works on tons of things. He works on like Star Wars stuff, and he built a whole thing. And right now we're building that out for live action videos. So we're doing a totally like 1978 Roger Corman Dino De Laurentiis Flash Gordon style, totally practical effects video where we're actually doing, you know, inkjet tanks and all that cool stuff that you would see in Barbarella to you know um, to anything that was like influenced by Star Wars. You know, there's a whole slew of films that was influenced by Star Wars but didn't have the budget and I've just been zeroing in on on that lately like Message from Space Uh, Message from Mars that's what it is Message from Mars which has some amazing practical effects and the story is just like oh it's kind of dead on arrival but there's so much cool stuff to look at they built out so many sets and so many monsters and aliens and cool effects and stuff like that so that's part of this whole thing is taking the kind of animated world and putting it into the tactile world so yeah you'll see that there on the album you can see that there are some drawings from the comic books inside oh that's there. amazing you can see i'll show you one of the this is the picture just vinyl so what, I, what you can't see audience that's listening is that here's another angle of the helmet oh that's so great it's really cool yeah so steve Agee, who is a comedy partner of mine he, he also shows up in guardians, guardians of the cafe, st- yeah and he took all these photos so he took the photos on the back here too And, uh, again, I just lit it myself. I put, like, LEDs in there, and I used an old amp grill underneath it and underlit it, and I borrowed some gels from a comedy theater (laughs) and lit that it that way and it's just it's just like do-it-yourself style kind of sci-fi stuff which is a lot of fun it's
0: funny you mentioned that because yeah you're like this successful you know tv person but you're still diy in it t- to an extent too. well
1: this is a this is what this project is mm-hmm. you know it's how much stuff can i do with what resources i have and involving my brother who has been doing this for a long time at this point as well is a really fun resource that you know we're brothers so we hang out all the time we're we'll drink beers and play video games and and uh, go out to dinner and hang out. But we don't always get to work t- with each other. And with this project, I, th- I thought this is a really cool opportunity to to do something together because he's really, really good at this stuff. Mm-hmm. He's as, as hard as I work on guitar and all that stuff and s- story writing and voices and all that stuff, that's how hard he works on this stuff. So, so we're both excited by it and we're having fun. And we really get along now. <laughs> it's very different than when we were little kids. How much of this –
0: Ha- was there in the first record? None of it was, None because it.
1: I was so busy with Metal aqua, which mm-hmm. I just kind of like, I, I worked really hard on the record, I got it to sound the way I wanted to and I'm very proud of the way it sounded, but um, I was, I put it in, the same, I put it out the same year I put out another Death Clock record, so some people discovered it and really enjoyed it, but I didn't throw it, I didn't do like the full PR tour, any of that stuff, I just kind of mentioned it here and there, and it found its own audience, which was really cool, and it was nice to see that that audience was excited to, to to find out what this was, and then the, the Death Clock audience was excited to, to get it, to to figure out what this was as well. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned so this says it's
0: part two. Yeah, this is a
1: continuation. It's um, it's it's Galacticon two, and it has its own subheading, which has become the storm. But it's not necessarily completely linked mm. to the first one. It's it's almost like. Um, I would consider this more of the Godfather too, kind of a story. It's a big, huge epic. So it's the best one. Planetary. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's got the – yeah, it's got and a – third a, one's going to be terrible is what you're the saying? The third one's going to be garbage, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get uh, – I'm going to have a daughter and cast her in as the main part. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, – no, this was like the bigger, darker, more epic kind of uh, – more kind of uh, – There's big. It's like this is a war album, a planetary war album. That's amazing. Yeah, so it's really cool, and you can definitely hear it. I mean, these all these tracks on the record are telling one part of the story. So I'm not really, I'm and I'm not giving the story away too much. I want you guys to figure it out. I want Mm -hmm. you to tell me what the story is. And I think I gave it away too much on the first one, but there is a cool story here. But you may be able to even try to put it together with the titles. But I want to hear what people have to say about it. A lot of people have been. Surmising what this record is People think it's Death Album 4 People think this is the ending of Metalocalypse It locked into a record And I'm not going to tell them anything <laughs> wh- about what it is I'm going to let cr- them tell me what it is So, Is yeah. this
0: going to be a thing you take with you to your grave Or are you are going to like
1: Oh the story I don't know what to do I don't yeah. know to how to like secretly code this In some kind of unlockable thing mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what to do I really don't know But, um, but I think uh, the people who are excited about both Galacticon and Metalocalypse will probably enjoy this record. That's what I think.
0: For the comic, is this something where, like, te- first off, tell me
1: so this the process. Is, so the process. So Eric Powell, who you may know from the Goon, he has mm-hmm. a lot of other comics, including Hillbilly and a bunch of stuff, and he he has been um, he's been building out his own um, not label but production. What do you call it? What do you call the label version of a? I guess uh, publishing company. Mm. Thank you, Paul. I couldn't think sometimes I can't think of the word but um, but he's been building out his own publishing company Albatross Funny Books and um, he called me at the top of this year and he goes I hear you're getting closer to finishing this record is this a comic book and I go you know I don't want to give the story away over the second one but I think the first record I could do a comic book of which is an intergalactic divorce story um, there are space lawyers but it's it's basically the premise of this whole of the first Galacticon is what if Superman and Lois Lane had a big huge you know their relationship has always been f-ed up in some kind of way it's always been like well, it's not gonna work you know but what if they had a huge what if they were married and they had the public messy just kind of mudslinging divorce where he sent (laughs) intergalactic pics or something like that and and it's and he just because the world is kind of like sick of him and he up in the marriage what if what if uh she gets every what if she gets the fortress of solitude and the divorce what if she gets everything and then she starts dating lex luthor and then he's in a position of: Do I save them or do I not? <laughs> do I let them just be together, or is this some kind of a trap? And that's that's a six-part series, and the first one is like you know part of the first act. So I assume this could be—it's like a fan could just pick this up and be—you just or you don't. I mean, it, this does coincide. So the first episode coincides with the first song on Delecticon right. One. And sometimes oh. I double up on two songs because when I was writing Galacticon One, I was thinking in the same kind of like Hero's Journey Joseph Campbell kind of three oh, act structure okay. thing. So I had it all mapped out already, mm-hmm. and I hadn't written it out. And then I get to flesh it out, and I get to throw in dialogue, I get to do a lot of cool stuff, and then have guys like Steve Mannion, who's the artist, and it looks like something from the nineteen seventies. We actually kind of left it a little rough around the edges. We didn't do too much inking because it looked a little bit more. It looked a little bit more just again tactile and interesting to me so um and to and to eric and to steve so we have just a lot of really cool art that's awesome and um and we did one other cool thing that i had never seen in a comic book there's a a robot companion named t1t5 here and um there's a song about him on the record too on the first record and and eric was because i was writing out beep boop bop beep and stuff like that for his dialogue because he's confirming or denying or screaming or coughing or laughing and uh And Eric said, what do you actually think the voice of this robot is like? Like, if you were to have to make the voice up. And I go, I know exactly what it is. It's the sound of a guitar. It's a guitar with like a wah and a whammy pedal and a whammy bar and all that stuff. And he said, and this is where I was like, I'm glad I'm in company with this guy. He said, what if we put guitar tablature as his voice? And so if you see on the first page, I have a little instruction kit where you can actually get out your guitar and play the part of the robot throughout this whole issue and the whole series. So you'll see there he is and we're right now working on a website so you can just glide your cursor over T1 and you can you can hear his voice so I have it all recorded on here and it sounds like a combination of Steve Vai uh, and BB-8 or (laughs) R2-D2 so it's really fun to kind of personalize that so so this would be for fans who who had the first
0: record it's a good companion piece obviously yeah absolutely that That
1: really works with the with the uh, we were actually talking about some stuff because once this is finished and you put it in the trade paperback kind of Mm. and I thought we were talking about the remember the picture what what is the thing called with the the record that would come in like in the 80s you'd get a record on the inside it was like that paper thin oh yeah what is that the what is it called you guys, someone someone who's listening to this knows what it is but it's like it's like a disc that can come with so we were talking about doing that for for that maybe getting the record where you can just pull it out and put it on your record player That's and so you get awesome. the comic in there at the same time so i don't know we'll see if that works out logistically but i think it's too good of an idea to not do
0: I see like on the somewhere on here it's you got T shirts and stuff. Where where do you
1: see this continuing? Um well I'll tell you I'll tell you well first of all, just for all the information the record pre order for Galacticon two, which is a record I think it sounds I think it's the best sounding record I've ever done. i I've, and that's because first of all, I involved everybody that I had so much more time I got to have Gene Hogan Come in And, and really sculpt out His drum sound Which mm-hmm. I never get to do In the Metalocalypse The Death Clock stuff and Same with Brian Beller And Ulrich Wild Who co-produced this with me We just got to sit there And just really take the time To nuance all the sounds On the record So I think this is The coolest sounding record Listen to it in headphones It's got so much Cool stuff going on um, But uh, you can get that Right now You can pre-order it Galacticon.com. And no matter what your format is physical, digital, Amazon, iTunes, you can find all the portholes there. But, um, and then our indie merch store is there too. So you can check out t shirts and cool, we have cool, like, um, NASA style patches and cool stuff. But it's all part of this kind of like outer space idea. So, um, that's where you can go to find all that stuff. And continuing on, what do you mean by that?
0: Like, could it be another, like, a cartoon? Could you do... This
1: could be whatever it wants to be. Uh-huh. This is almost like, this is really fun because I'm in no rush to start jumping right back into TV. I really like doing what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. But this is kind of the thing where I want to do the long, slow game with this and just put it out there, see how people are reacting to it, and it could be a live action thing. It could be whatever it wants to be. And I, again, I'm having so much fun just building the world out. I'd rather see it live action than Mm. even animated. But I love that the comic book, you know, the cool thing about comic book is that your brain gets to kind of put some pieces together on its own without having it. I mean, watching, um, reading The Watchmen versus seeing The Watchmen is a very different. The romance story between Mm. Silk Spectre and, and Night Owl is happening inside of your head. We were just talking about that yesterday of, like, there's a romance that I'm a participant of mm-hmm. like I'm a participant of that story just with two people looking at each other on, on paper, you know? So there's something cool to that. And I kind of want to preserve that for a little while and, and let it just kind of live and breathe and be out there for a little bit. It's
0: cool. Cause you, I can just tell that you're super stoked about this.
1: It's really fun. It's tons of fun. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's been really fun to, and here's the other thing, I don't think you just put out a record anymore, I think you have to put out a whole universe of mm-hmm. stuff, and that's where my wheels start turning, and I start getting excited, and guys at the label, at Megaforce and stuff start coming up with really cool ideas, and everyone has cool ideas all of a sudden, we're like, oh wow, do we have enough time to do all this cool stuff, and do we have the resources and everything, so that's part of, that's that is that's why it's fun, that's why I like uh, doing it.
0: I guess you brought this to San Diego, right?
1: Yeah, we uh, we kind of introduced it at San Diego mm-hmm. for the first time, so... Um. Yeah. So a lot of people came out and checked it out, and there some people were like, "I don't know like Eric Powell. What's this? You know?" And our like but who's this space guy? You know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what's next with this project?
1: Well, the record comes out August twenty fifth. Right. The comic book is out at your local comic book stores, um, and we're doing a lot of cool stuff right now. We have. Uh, We'll release it at some point, but we've been working with Google on some VR stuff that's really cool. I'll talk about that more as it kind of comes together. But mm-hmm. so far, that's been a really cool experience, uh, getting the goggles on and listening to the music and kind of um, putting visuals to what you hear. So we've got some cool stuff in that realm. Um, geez, I don't know. I've got a lot of stuff. I don't know what else I need to do. How much must <laughs> I do? Um but yeah, the I just want people to sit with it. I want it to live in their imaginations, and I want them to kind of pick up. Almost like you know, like I said, I want to give you enough, and I I don't want to over I don't want to over articulate the story or anything else. I want you guys to do that.
0: Hmm. Well, everything you do just always seems to just get better and. It, it's and, fun. It's really fun. Yeah. Um,
1: and then in the outside world, I'm I'm doing tons of other stuff. So I am working on other things. I have some shows at different networks and different stages. So I've been producing a lot of other people's stuff. Some other comedians that I uh, that I have worked with for a long time. Um, I'm finding out about some of that stuff. I'm doing a project with Joe Satriani as well. Oh, nice! That we'll see what happens. But mm. it's 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 also in the sci-fi world, and it's a story that I've been working on him with for a couple years. But I think that's something a little bit more in the anime world, mm. believe it or not, because it's not necessarily a comedy. I mean, Galacticon, this first one is a comedy, um, and Galacticon 2 is not a comedy. It's a drama, but this Satriani thing is almost like a, a sci-fi noir kind of a vibe, That's which amazing. is really fun and different and character-driven and all the stuff that I think is interesting. I love all this stuff because I like taking these great, big, crazy worlds, like Metalocalypse. Um, and Galacticon, and then funneling in very human s- stories and the minutiae and the in-between moments, you know, and that's the stuff that's exciting for me because I can do something that's very relatable. I want to have, through all this accoutrement, all these outer space laser guns and all that stuff and talking robots with guitars and all that stuff, I want something that's, that's relatable to happen. So that's that. That's also the Satriani thing, and that's also some of the other stuff that I'm working on too putting lots and lots of goop and stuff and then going wait a minute that's a human st- <laughs> that's a human story underneath all that stuff that's amazing yeah so that's fun
0: and where can fans uh, one more time th- oh, check out the website you can
1: check out you can get the comic book you can get you can get some cool merch and uh, the records and all that stuff at galacticon.com or uh, go to facebook galacticon and you can find join our page and stuff like that or follow me on twitter right. at underscore brendan small or my instagram which is at brendan small b r e n d o n Small. Um, don't search for Brandon Smalls. Or maybe you will find me. That's what I've been called most of my life. I couldn't believe this is like the first year where I saw my name printed out and it was right everywhere. <laughs> there it is. Oh, spell Galacticon. Uh G A L A K T I K O N. It's a good point. Yeah, yeah, that is a good point. Um, it. Anything else you want to mention before we go? Um, I have a guitar that came out this year, the Galacticons. That's amazing. The Galacticon Epiphone Snow Falcon, which is a, a white flying V. You can see it on my uh, Instagram. It turned out amazingly. It's so good sounding that I use it on this record. So there's a song called Nightmare, and there's this very Queen-like. I have all this this big, huge background vocal, this kind of like in and out swooping background vocal with these all these harmonized guitars and this counterpoint, this kind of classical counterpoint that's happening between two guitars, and that's the Snow Falcon. You can hear it on the record, but it is uh, it's a popular guitar right now. People are checking it out. Oh, that's so you're wow. seeing a picture of yeah. it right now, yeah. So yeah, so Paul showing you something. Let me see which one that is. Yeah. So that's it. Yeah. So it's a white on white with a white fretboard. And it's uh, managed to capture the uh, imaginations of people. We were just at Sam Ash yesterday, and they didn't they didn't do it because they knew I was coming there. But they have them displayed everywhere, so you can walk into Sam Ash and get them there.
0: What's the process making your own guitar? That's just well, be. it's
1: it's funny. You know, I've been playing for a long time. I went to music school first, then I started doing stand-up and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And um, I've been playing guitar for a long time. And at some point, you start looking at your guitar, almost like you know, you drive your car all the time. You, you know, if the steering wheel were over here. It'd be a little bit better. Or if I could put my iPhone in this place and it just Mm. stayed there, wouldn't that be great? Or if I, you just have these little things that make your, that can make your personal space more ergonomic. And I think about that, the guitar, the same way. So, I think about like okay, um, I want these pickups here. I want them to be able to do a couple different things. I really like how the neck is. I'm not going to mess around with that but I want to mess around with what it looks like and how so I'm even I've got a I put a guitar in the closet before we came into this room because I have to go use it later on but that's a different prototype of a, a future guitar that I've been using and just kind of doing some research and development on and and putting it through its paces and playing it out live and everything. But that's one where I do carve a little into the wood like around the neck joint. So my fat fingers can reach (laughs) up to the high frets and all that stuff. And I realized that as I play guitar, the less paint I put on it, the better it breathes, the better it sounds. I start experimenting with different pickups and stuff. I start like, you know, getting out the solder iron and and destroying my guitar, voiding the warranty. no, but, but replacing pickups and listening to different sounds and stuff. And so I have some Seymour Duncan pickups that I've been messing around with. I messed around with, you know, um, just putting a backwards or reverse headstock on this one guitar. And uh, and it's all kind of adding up. And it's really fun to be able to be in a position where I can call Gibbs and say, hey, let's mess around with a couple of guitars. And they're like, okay. So now, uh, now what I'm doing is creating a demand for it.
0: You're like a PDD businessman now.
1: Yes, but I make much less money the, um, <laughs> right now. But yeah, yeah, right now maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Uh.
0: Anything else you want to mention? I don't know. I don't know what else. I mean, uh, you you were in. Uh, you've been in guitar magazines
1: before. I yeah, be correct, I but. have. I mean, guitar. The the whole thing about Metalocalypse was it was kind of a Metalocalypse kind of existed because I was after music school, after comedy and all that stuff. I was kind of falling back in love with my guitar again, mm-hmm. and that's part of what Metalocalypse was. So in the guitar playing in Metalocalypse, I made sure the animation was correct. When they're playing it, because, you know, like you see Josie and the Pussycats Mm -hmm. or Jim and the Holograms and people just moving their arms up and down and it seems (laughs) like, you know, it doesn't look like they're playing guitar. And I said, it takes just as much time to animate bad guitar playing that doesn't look real as it does to give someone some real direction. So after every single episode or every time we record an episode or I do a song on a show, which is I made sure there was original music in every single episode, um, I would give the animator is a guitar lesson. So I'd turn the cameras on and I'd slow it down and go, okay, the left hand is doing this. So watch, I'm on the fifth fret with my ring finger and I have to do that. So I have to leave my pinky available because I'm going to need it later on to do this other thing. And my right hand, notice I'm not really moving from the bridge and I'm doing very, very small strokes and blah, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. and you'll see all this stuff. So they would do it and then would go, that's guitar number one. Now the harmony guitar comes up. This is Toki's part and I'd do that kind of a thing too. So just little tiny things and something happened where I th- the coolest the coolest compliments I can ever get is that people got excited about metal because of metalquas oh, or they wow. started playing guitar because of metalquas because I took the guitar very seriously That's amazing and I also was thinking you know this is a show for me when I was fourteen years old, fifteen years old, discovering guitar. If I turn this on when I was fifteen and I saw accurate guitar playing with real guitars and real amps and real stuff, I would lose my mind and probably take a bullet for the show at some point, you know, so that was what I was thinking. I was thinking from the point of view of me watching this show as a kid that's amazing yeah. So that's what I'm doing. And then I do tons of stand-up when I'm back in L.A. Mm. So Steve Agee, like I said, he and I have a show called Baked that we do, um, which is a music and comedy. And we have some guys that have played with Dweezel Zappa. We have, like, a really, like, just a monster, super musician house band. And um, we get great guests from, like, mm. you know, everyone from, like, Zach Alfanakis to um, Barack Obama. Um, <laughs> no, we don't get him. But um, but we get a lot of people, and that's really cool.
0: Did, we, did you mention, is there a tour?
1: We are talking about that, so we're in early stage of that. Okay. So I'm kind of like I'm not answering that question that well mm-hmm. right now because we're just plotting everything they'll out. On yeah.
0: Twitter, they'll if they follow you, like, yeah
1: like, they'll they'll like, everyone will know about it well in advance. Yeah. So. Brendan, this is so awesome. Yeah.
0: I, I can't wait to read and listen and everything. This awesome. Is great. Yeah. Well, thank um, you. well, thanks for taking the time. I really. Thanks for listening
1: it. to me like a carnival bark at you to try <laughs> to get you to come into my tent. <laughs> uh, this is Marvel, your universe.